Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Bam! Phone ah. out of your hand already. Oh. Record setting. Wow. Bam, second time. Oh my god, I can't pull up my list for later, you <laughs> son of a whore. <laughs> I really did just knock your phone out of your hand twice. Almost three times. I know, I missed the third one. You, you, you choked up on the bat a little too high for me to get it. It's true, I, I had better ball control, unlike Pop Douglas. <laughs> I Sure. Is that a baseball thing? Uh, nope, that'd be a Patriots reference from last night's loss. Oh, well, I only watched some of it. Oh, I watched. I, I turned it off. I was like, I don't need to watch. I this. was close to doing that, but we'll get to that in Jared's sports reports. <laughs> this is going poorly. I don't need to watch it. Yeah, well, it could be worse. I watched something else. I don't even remember what I watched. I just know I turned that off. It's probably more entertaining, more fulfilling. <laughs> I'm sure. Less soul sucking. Hey, a show ended this week. I, I, to be fair, one show ended that will probably get renewed, and one show ended that I'll get to in a. <laughs> uh, but one that I watched that we don't generally talk about. Oh, uh, winning time. No, I'll get to that. Okay. That's my ha-ha-ha-ha-ha one. Oh, for, are you saving that for sports reports? No, just regular news. Okay. Um, Harley Quinn season four finished up. This is a show, uh, If I mean, I always think it's funny to track my opinions on this show sometimes, because like, when that came out, they were releasing some clips, and I'm like, I have no interest in this. And then I checked it out, and I'm like, oh, this is actually really good, and I like it a lot. Then we get to season four, I'm like, it started off really strong. And it's not that it ended poorly, it's that it's petering a bit, it's... Like, kind of, like, the fun and frivolous and kind of, like, novel nature of, like, we're going to say naughty words in a Batman thing. Would you say it's losing steam? It's not that it was bad. And the uh, the finale did a very good job of getting me excited for uh, next season, if there is a next season that hasn't been confirmed. But that's also what the end of last season did. It got me very excited for, like, the next... It does a very good job of setting up and going, like, oh, man, I can't wait for these things. And this was... It's fourth season... This is the first one where I enjoyed a lot of it. I especially really enjoyed uh, stuff early in the season. And not that I ever, I never disliked any of it, but it's just, it didn't feel quite as biting, not quite as engaging, I guess is the way to put it. But when so you- So not bad. When it's you, still very good, but just not as good. When you sort of sentence with, not that it's bad, that doesn't really ever end well. Well, because I still enjoyed the show. Like, okay. I, I, I'm not trying to, like, put it down and be like, this is the worst thing ever, blah. But it's just, this one wasn't quite as engaging as the first three seasons. All right. I guess this is the way to put it. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way they set up season five, I'm excited for season five if it happens. Unclear if that's going to be a thing or not. What with, oh, writer strikiness happening. That's true. Very true. Did you get a new Omnibus? Um, I had to move stuff from... A couple of comic shelves in the house. I had to move stuff from upstairs to downstairs to make room. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I've never seen the fourth world omnibus that you have. No, I've read that whole sucker. Holy shit. Yeah, that thing. I could kill a man with that. That's thick. Yeah. I, I, with three C's. <laughs> I read every page of that bad boy. Wow. Um, no, that, that was upstairs. Now it's downstairs. Who's that queen on the side of it? Big Barda. Okay. There we go. Mr. Miracle's wife. Oh, all right. It's kind of a, kind of a catch. She's very tall, very strong. Well, there you go. We we talked about her in one comic, I know, because uh, she shot that porno with Superman. Oh, so I never read that. I just under... Or did we read that? Yeah, we read oh, that. Oh, we read that? Because uh, it, it was only two issues. Uh, maybe... Well, there was a lot of issues with it, but... <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, so, yes. Um, the Fs are downstairs now. Oh, the Fs are downstairs? I got to tell you, just buying Batman shit just keeps on pushing the alphabet downward. I'm running out of room, too. I, don't I would know say, yes, you are. 
Uh, the answer is I'm going to be selling things that I know I won't read again. Oh, okay. But, yeah, the graphic novel shelves are uh, loaded. They're getting tight. They, there's a lot up there. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Anywho, I guess let's talk about uh, what we're doing this week. We got the news of the week. We got weird movie facts. Ah. Got sports reports. Jared's 25 favorite movies. Yes. And your questions. I made a I made a pro- promise to myself last week. I did not adjust the ranking from when I started yeah, yeah. it. That was a challenge, isn't it? It, it's, it was a terrible <laughs> challenge. All right, so we're going to move on from there straight into the nudes. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Nope, I should have done that one for this. Uh, you really screwed that up. That was a bad segue because I saw what story number one is. <laughs> yeah, uh, story number one is a uh, boy. Am I? I haven't seen this movie in a good long while. I watched Get Him to the Greek not that long ago, like maybe in the last month. Yeah, real glad I did. Oh, why is that? Because uh, Russell Brand has been accused of sexual assault and rape by multiple women. I mean, I knew that, but I was setting you up. It's always the ones you most suspect. I don't know if it's that. It's always. Uh, boy, would, uh, did you suspect Bill Cosby when you were younger? No, definitely. Okay, see, there you go. To be fair, uh, this is something I'm very proud of. Not excusing his behavior by any stretch of the imagination. I have an excellent asshole detector. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Not that people have them. Okay, just making sure, because, I mean, you have about 100. Well, no, I mean, there are some people that don't, but like you have a 97.5% chance of detecting if somebody has one or not. Your guess is probably usually going to be right. And I, I'm I'm pretty good at deciding, like, figuring out where it is on the person. Is that what you're uh, saying? You know what I mean. Okay. I'm totally unmarketable skill, but I'm very good at pointing out uncouth individuals. You hang out with one every Tuesday night on this couch. <laughs> hey, if that was the case, you wouldn't be here. That's a good point. I guess I would not trade your skill for my skill. What's your skill? Oh, we've talked about it. Oh, <laughs> that skill. <laughs> I think you, you probably would want to trade for mine. Mine feels much more relevant. Yeah, probably. Well, no, we don't I need to dive yeah. into this because people are going to be like, what are they talking about? And yeah. it's just a weird thing that, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Russell Brand. Exceptionally good at. Yeah, Russell Brand. I'm, like the um, guy, I'm the guy who can guess your weight at the fair. Except that's. We're not getting into okay, it. Okay, yes. Because it. Because there's fine no good way it, there's no good way it ends. <laughs> yeah, Russell Brand um, accused of uh, sexual assault and rape. Uh, he tried to get out in front of it in a very weird video. Did you see this? Uh, I have not seen his weird video, but I mean, he also has. Yeah, there's some weird tweets I think he had out today too. I didn't see or any, X's. I haven't seen anything that he put out um, on social media um, after uh, after the fact. I saw it before the fact where he was. Talking about like how they're coming after him for like having different opinions now. He's like a lifestyle guru, and he was referencing. He's like, oh yeah, and they came for Joe Rogan for his COVID vaccine stuff. Like, don't like if you're referencing the guy who said, hey, take a horse dewormer as your point of they're coming for you. What ivermectin is not not doing it. Yeah, that's a weird choice to be like. This will prove that I'm not a someone involved with sexual assault and you know with all these things as we always want to um, put ourselves in a legally safe space. Uh, these are alleged things that happened, but it's one of those, generally, when there's enough smoke, there's fire. Yes. And when you have a bunch of people not connected with one of that are making claims about Russell Brand, and also his videos are really weird. He's like, you know, I've talked in my past, in, in my books, in my stand-up, that I was, you know, I was a drug addict, and I was very, very, very promiscuous. I'm like, this is not the time to brag about how many women you fucked. Mm, no like what what is that why would you add that in there like why just have like this weird brag 
it doesn't make sense. Like, that's not the thing that you want to brag about in this situation. It's not what you want to have bragged about you. No, and he's such a weird guy. And yeah, now there are all these allegations against him, which are bad and unsettling. And they're pretty substantial. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what comes out of that. But yeah, that happened this week. It is very weird. I'm getting out ahead of this. Yes. It doesn't help my case at all. No, no, <laughs> it, it doesn't. I was very, very, very promiscuous. What are you doing? So, off of that god-awful subject, Werewolf by Night is being re-released. Oh, I remember watching that. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Was it was fun. But now it's getting colorized. I'm like, you cowards. Oh, no, don't colorize it. That's kind of the point, right? Yes, that's what made it fun. It was different and unique, and now it's just going to be... I, I guess you could watch it both ways, but I'm like, ugh, like, way to just, like, limited things are coming out. This is just an easy solution to add more content. Yeah. I'm against it. No, I, I, I don't like colorizing old movies. I don't like, take things as they're meant to be taken. That was the appeal to that. That was what made it fun. It was not colorized. Yeah. That made it fun. Do not like the uh, colorizing of Werewolf by Night. <clears throat> nope. But I also don't care, because I'm not going to watch it. Werewolf by Technicolor now. Colorize, I mean, I, have you ever seen, like, colorized old movies? Not they good. look awful. Oh, there's just a weird pastel to them that's just bleh. Yeah, like it's it. like somebody just like painted over the original print. As we mentioned up top, uh, Wedding Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty has been canceled after two seasons, which is too bad. It's a good show. Yeah. I, I can't, sometimes I can't remember what I said in my personal life versus what I said on the show. This, this show is your personal life. Let, let's just go with, I haven't said this yet. You can correct me if I have or not. Okay. Um, this, uh, this is based off of a book. Uh, in season one was definitely we don't know if we're going to get a season two. They just covered one year of a Lakers championship. Yeah, great. It worked. It was a good season, but I really liked the second season a little bit more because they were able to play with time. Like, okay, we've already established that we hit this championship. Now we can speed up events. We don't need to hit every single thing. We can just we can give you the bullet points. Yeah, and kind of expand on that and like cover a number of years within a single season versus just having one year, one season. Mm -hmm. And it worked for it. It made it way better. And I haven't seen the last episode yet, but you know, I know history, so I know how it goes. Yes. So uh, winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty finishes its season two with a Celtics championship. What if they rewrote it and be like, actually the Celtics <laughs> lost that championship. <laughs> that was the real winning time all along. It was the Celtics. Yes. Because that's the finale of the show. Boston wins. The rise and fall of the Lakers <laughs> dynasty. Is that just the funniest way for that show to end? Speaking of rise like, and fall, have you, have you seen? Go ahead and finish your thought. No, I, have I a mean, I'd, I'd like to see in a, a season three because it, it was a legitimately good show and it was you know well acted. I mean, they. I don't like all of the aesthetic because like sometimes like look we're shooting on seventies cameras and some of that didn't work for me. But um, overall, it was a really good show. But I find it hilarious that it ends the rise of the Lakers dynasty ends on a Celtics championship. That's just hilarious. It works very well for me. All right. What was your question? Because like rise and fall, when you think about like that, you know, I think of the Roman empire. Did you see this trend on Twitter recently or, or social media? Like men think about the Roman empire, like so often every, like, what was it? I was trying to find, there was a tweet about like, I never men think about think the about, Roman empire. Yeah, I know. I was like, the last time I thought about the Roman empire was just now when it was brought up to me, but apparently that's a thing now where men are thinking of the Roman empire. Let me ask you this. Um, yes. th this is totally unrelated to the pop culture world, but I'm um, talking with, you know, my lady wife. Mm -hmm. You're aware of her. Yes, I'm, I've I've uh, I've met her. We were talking this week, and, it was, and just like in my world, I think in hers too, she kind of started thinking about it. Like the idea of being cool is, or like thinking that someone is cool is just like 
when you hit this point in your lives, like it is, it doesn't exist. Like I don't think about anyone as being cool. No, I or find, being uncool. No, I look at them as like I enjoy spending time with you. I don't enjoy spending time with you. Yeah, that's like, really the extent of it. Like you could say, oh, like this celebrity is cool. It's like, well, they also have like a team behind them making them look cool or whatever. But I think about like just people in like in day to day life. I don't think about anyone as being cool. No, no I don't one, think about. No nor one is do cool I. To me. Nor do I strive to be cool. Not that I'm cool anyway, but still. <laughs> like, after, like, maybe I was 25, that kind of went away. 25 feels like it was late for that. Oh, here we go. The Washington Post, a new social media trend prompting women to ask the men in their lives how often they think of the ancient of ancient Rome reveals that it crosses the minds of many men on a weekly basis, even daily or more, to the surprise and confusion of their loved ones and myself. I mean, I guess when Indiana Jones 5 came out, and when I think about the ending of that movie. Except that, for that, that was in Greece. <laughs> That's as close as I'm getting. Uh, I mean, Greece isn't exactly close to... If I have a Caesar salad, and I do love a Caesar salad. I do. Oh. You mm. give me chicken, you give me shrimp. I'm thinking about that. Uh, chicken over shrimp. You go to hell and you die. Thank you for that. I'll go to Valhalla. <laughs> or whatever it is that Romans went to. Negotiations with uh, the AMPT, every letter in there. Is supposedly happening. Uh, negotiations will be reopened on Wednesday. Oh, in regards to the SAG after and WGA strikes. Ooh, might we have resolution? I mean, I can has entertainment. Maybe you can't have winning time. Oh well, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. That's not happening anytime immediate here. Well, no, it should it it better this show. Week. I'm telling you, it was a good show. Oh, I haven't watched the last one, but I'm excited to see a Celtics championship. Yes. But I don't know. We'll see. That could potentially be something. I'm just kind of shrugging at it because I mean that. Every time these negotiations have like reopened, they've gone nowhere. So, but it's been a while. So hopefully something comes out of this. But yeah, uh, those are opening up again on Wednesday. It's been a couple months now. It's been a little while. It's been a hot second. And finally, the Aquaman two trailer. I am putting this at the end of the news because there is going to be a comic book spoiler in here. So if you want to skip to the next section, you can do that because I have um, heard some complaints from people that like, oh, you just spoil stuff, so I can't listen. I'm, oh. gi- I'm giving you all the time in the world. <laughs> you spoil things for people, not me. Yeah. So, yes. Let's... They like me more. That hasn't come up, but. <laughs> That's because they're afraid of you, you dictator. They don't want to say what they really feel. It's, I'm the it's, voice it's of the voice. It's a real voiceless. Roman Empire over here. Yeah, I'm sure it isn't. Uh, all right. Aquaman 2 trailer. Um, eh. <laughs> sure. To be honest, that's about where I stand, too. Did you ever watch the first one? No. It's enjoyable. I think you would like it. It it has it uh it has uh Boba Fett in it. It does indeed, and so does this one. I saw that in the trailer. He's not riding a bantha. <laughs> no. Not even a seahorse. No, but there is a seahorse in it. There's a lot of the first Aquaman movie is fun. It's also the highest grossing DC movie of all time. But yeah, this trailer in itself uh looks kind of underwhelming. I very much enjoyed the I'm sure very intentional choice. Uh, to show Amber Heard in there for about ooh five seconds. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, she was the star of the last one. Never mind this no, one. No, no, she's taking a sea dump in Aquaman's bed. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I mean, the director James Wan came. It was like yeah, the first one was kind of like you know like this comedy romance. This one's more um, about brothers. So yeah, she is in this one less, and that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Just an absolute sewer missile on his bed. Please stop. <laughs> I didn't need that phrase in my life ever. Now you have it. Yeah, I could have done without it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, a uh, little about of Amber Heard. So could have Johnny Johnny Depp's linens. Uh, yeah, the trailer itself looks kind of generic. Um, I like that Black Manta is going to play a big role, and I like. Mm. I mean, they 
Something I really liked about the first Aquaman movie is that James Wan especially just went, this shit looks ridiculous, but it has worked for like 70 years, so we're just going to do it. Yeah. And he did it. And he just like, here's Black Manta. He has a big silly helmet. Here's Aquaman. He's got a big orange scaly suit. Like he just, he leaned into it. And I like that a lot about that first movie. That He's just like, fuck it. This works. Like we don't need to play this game of like, we're the X-Men and we're just going to be in black leather. No, like we're, it's a silly ass world and they have silly ass things we're just going to put them on screen. So there's a lot to be said about that that I like in a big way. But here's the question. Here's the spoiler. Okay. Because. Well, can I give my impressions before you give the spoiler? Sure. Is it bad that when I was watching it, I could hear you, your voice distinctly in the back of my head go, eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's about what I thought. Yeah. Uh, some of the CG needs a little more rendering and more refining. Like there's one where he's stabbing a trident into the side of this ship type thing. I thought that was kind of not matted very well but that's kind of looking at the technical piece of it. I feel like we've had this story before with um, Wakanda Forever. I mean, it looks a lot like uh, Thor. Ragnarok. Or not Wakanda Ever, not Wakanda Forever, but uh, just not, the not first Not Ragnarok bo- shit. Love and Thunder? No, go back one more. Dark World. Dark World. It's like, hey, we're two brothers yeah. and we're against each other, but we got to team up. Oh, yes. It looked more like that. Yes. But also, it just kind of had that, just kind of had that also thinking about the first Black Panther with Killmonger versus... Black Panther trying to take over the kingdom, etc. But also, it did definitely have a Thor vibe to it, like where he's talking about in first person, like, "Oh, I have a job now. I'm the king of Atlantis, and I'm married and have yeah. a baby." And it's just, I don't know. I I would like this movie to be fun and entertaining. Give us something to watch in December, because God knows we're gonna have nothing else to watch movie theater wise. But yeah, I'm waiting for the when we can start to feel this because we haven't really felt it yet. Yeah. But we'll feel it eventually. It's on its way. It's it's uh, it's coming. So, spoiler for Aquaman. This is out of the comics. Um, right. They also can't duplicate this exactly. And I also don't think that they have the balls to do this. If this were to happen, it would be the biggest swing in the comic book movie ever. Okay. Uh, in the comics, when Aquaman has a baby, Black Manta kills it. Ah. But he... Um, so, I know it can't go the exact way of the comics... And I also don't think it's going to happen, period. Because can you imagine them just killing a baby? Well, I mean, there is the line that he's out to end the bloodline. Yeah, I know. So the baby plays a key part in this movie. I'm, I'm sure the baby will get captured and then saved. I can't imagine they're going to kill the baby. That feels way too dark for a mainstream movie. Yeah, that also doesn't feel like something that... No, I don't I don't see it. No, I don't see it happening. So um, the way it goes down in the books is Aquaman has Aqua Baby. Good for him. And then Black Manta, this is why I know it can't go the way they did it in the books, because the books is really fucking dark. Mm. And this is like in, oh God, like the late 70s. Like, that's, that's strangely dark for the, the time period. But Black Manta takes the baby underwater and he puts him in a bubble of air. And because the baby can only breathe underwater, it can't breathe in air. So the baby suffocates in a bubble of air and dies. That's That's messed up. But in the trailer, we see this baby is on land and can breathe air. So I know even if they do this, they can't go that same route. No. And I also don't think um, that they would. They're not going to kill a baby in a in a kid's movie, in a young adult movie. Yeah. No. I mean, they did it in a kid's comic book, but isn't that just like fucked up? Like, in, mm. it's also the opposite of like what you think in your brain. Like, oh, like, you know, a baby could drown in water. But this is like, no, we're going to just put this baby in, in a, a bubble, bubble of air. air. Yeah. And the kid fucking dies. I mean, cr- you know, point for creativity. It's dark as all hell. It's not bright. No, but, it's very un, It's very disconcerting. 
I can't believe they're going to go that far, though. Uh, they do have, you know, a horror director behind this, but there's still a studio behind that director. So I, I can imagine a world where James Wan is like, hey, let me kill this baby. <laughs> I, I will say that it probably... Warner Brothers is going, no, you can't kill the baby. It probably... I mean, the movie will center around the baby. The baby, you're, you're probably will get captured. Maybe a little baby torture, but not a baby killing. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be like, oh, for all you people that know about the baby death, we're going to tease that it's going to happen. But yeah, I, I can't imagine that they're actually going to kill the kid. I hope not. That would be, I mean, that would be a swing. That'd be a big swing. Be very dark. But yeah, I can't imagine yeah. they're actually going to, you know, drown a baby in an air bubble. I hope not. Especially because that baby can breathe air. We saw it. It's in the trailer. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on from there to weird movie facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. This week, we're going to be talking about Ben-Hur. No reason. To be fair, just an assumption on my part. Okay. How am I doing with my assumptions? I think you're, you're, you've got a pretty good assumption going. Uh, okay. All right. Did you know that Ben-Hur was a remake of a 1925 silent movie? Yes, it was. Also a William Wyler, Wyler film. He made, the, he made the silent film. Yes. Hey, great. I don't know why I was asking you. I tried to treat it like a conversation. You're like, yeah, idiot. Oh, wait, did Wyler make the silent film? Or is that Cecil B. DeMille who made two versions of Ten Commandments? But no, there was a silent film, yes. Great. Do you want to know some of the people who are up for the role of Ben-Hur? For, on the, in the remake? Yes, and not in the silent one. Well, I know, I think Burt Reynolds was considered. He's not on my list. He's not on your list? It could have been more people than this. I All just, right, well, <laughs> go ahead. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you yes or no if I knew it. Marlon Brando. Yes. Rock Hudson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Lancaster. Yep. Who turned it down because he thought it went against uh, Christianity. Except for it's a tale of the Christ. It's the subtitle of the- What do you want from me? I'm just saying that he was wrong. (laughs) Paul Newman. Uh Uh-huh. I've got one that's going to blow your mind in a minute. And I have a parenthetical around here, and I don't know what it means now. Oh. But I wrote it down. It almost looks like it says Lugs? Lus? Are you referring to the fact that Leslie Nielsen screen tested for the role of Masala? No. The Leslie Nielsen from... Uh, yeah, yes. Yes. Well, Paul Newman uh, turned it down for some reason that I can't read anymore. And also Kirk Douglas. Who has ended up... Well, I, that was, I'm trying to remember if that happened before or after Spartacus. When did Spartacus come out? I, I am Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Twas I. Yeah. I am Zorro. No, different thing. Yeah, but still an homage to that movie. Well, I can't read my own handwriting on there the you Paul go. Newman one. But yes, those were alternate actors for Ben-Hur. Mm-hmm. No reason why I brought that up. No, none, none whatsoever. Just a weird, random movie fact. So from being crushed underneath a bunch of horses to the Patriots getting crushed two weeks in a row, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. Go Patriots. <laughs> here's the thing about the Patriots, of course. Oh, here's the thing you say. Of course, they, they lost to the Dolphins. I am coming to the grips with the fact that this is going to be very much like I'm going to start to think of it as the friend zone season. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. No one's attracted to you. Uh, no, not quite. They're going to they're gonna string you along enough to keep you interested and excited, but they're never really going to pay off. They're never going to be out of a game. The but friend zone be... is never, a th- it's not a thing. All right. The friend zone doesn't exist. There's only the I'm not attracted to you zone. Okay, so let me rephrase it. This, uh, The problem slash what I think is going to be intriguing about the Patriots and it's going to make them extremely frustrating to watch, they're never going to be like totally out of a game with the exception of maybe one or two. 
I mean, the Eagles, also they have the toughest schedule in the NFL. The Eagles are a Super Bowl favorite. In fact, I have them going to the Super Bowl. And then they also played the Dolphins, one of the top four teams in the AFC. Just so happens to be in the same division as the Patriots. So those are two tough opening games. Then they lost to the Eagles by five, although the Eagles are maybe people that mm, there might be a little bit of fool's gold there with that offense. They're also a little behind because their starters didn't play in the preseason, which is something that's coming out I mean, now. No one starters plays in the preseason for more than like a quarter. Yeah, and that's coming out as like teams that are slow starting. Like, well, is there a causality because of the fact that they didn't get more live reps in the preseason? I know that you're trying to like prevent injury and stuff, but you're also trying to evaluate talent that you're second and third level talent and trying to get things ready. I think you might see more teams next year, especially with some of these slower starts play more preseason. Like it might be more like a couple of drives each preseason game, just to get those reps in, especially if teams move away from the combined practices, which is something that might happen. But Patriots lose by seven to the Dolphins had a chance again, Second week in a row, a fourth down conversion comes within inches of happening, within micrometers of happening. <laughs> and yet here we are, 0-2. Micrometers. Micrometers. Yeah, I don't know. I, frustrating. Can I say micro machines? But, I'll talk real fast. Yeah, there you go. The world's fastest talker for the micro machines commercials. Great nostalgia. Here's the thing, though. In both games, Mac Jones, people are trying to lay it on Mac Jones. His stats have been almost identical in both games. So the, in fact, they were light years better than they were in game one against Jalen Hurts. And he and Tua had almost identical numbers. He had 10 more passes or 10 more um, attempts. He had only 11 incompletions to Tua's nine. They both threw for a touchdown. They both threw an interception. People, The Mac blaming needs to stop. I think this is a team that they struggle because they make untimely and uberly costly mistakes. Two turnovers, both in the first half. They won the second half. They outscored them 14-7 in the second half. So, I mean, frustrating team. They are going to be very much a frustrating team, but they're also going to be a team that, like, they were down at halftime, and it was 17-3, to and I'm like, hmm, I'm very much thinking about, yeah, we'll see what happens in the third quarter. Sure enough, they're in the game, and they're, you know, only down a touchdown. They give up a, you know, quick one in response. But then they you know, score another one, they get the ball back, and they have a chance to tie the game late. I think that's the way a lot of Patriots games are going to go until they settle down. But it's kind of a must-win against the Jets. I think 8% of teams ever that are 0-2 make the playoffs. Unfortunately, my AFC champion slash Super Bowl pick, the Bengals, are in that 0-2 boat. Joe Burrow might not even play in Week 3 with ankle problems. A couple of uh, injuries across the league. Anthony Richardson had a huge fantasy week. He's out with a concussion or is it a concussion <laughs> protocol. Uh, huge week for Thurston Long and Thurston 10, both of my fantasy teams on route to victory. So that's a good thing for me. Feel good about that. Uh, what else do we have? The New York Giants finally scored after six quarters of not scoring. <laughs> so good for them. I can't believe they won. Oh, there's an unbelievable collapse and comeback for them against Arizona. Uh, what else do we have of note and of interest? Oh, Aaron Rodgers is on the mend. Do you know how he's healing himself? Darkness retreat. Uh, listening to Joe Rogan's medical advice. Oh, he's not listening to Joe Rogan's medical advice. He's listening to audio of dolphins fucking. Dolphins having sexual intercourse. Yes, he's I understood saying, what you meant by he's fucking. Saying, yes, he's saying that the sounds that they produce are eliciting healing feelings within him. Said so this on the Pat McAfee show. He's not ruling out a return before the end of the season. He just had reconstructive surgery on his Achilles tendon, and he's listening I'm to dolphins. I'm ruling that out right now. Yeah. 
And he's listening to the Dolphins hump. Speaking of the Jets, they got smoked by the Cowboys. The way you're bathed in light reminds Why are we bringing up the band live? <laughs> uh, for the Dolphins cry. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's where it was going to take me a while to get there. So I'm glad you cut me off. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, Level lead us. All right. Well, it's different than when doves cry. <laughs> Throwing Copper is a good album. Live is a good. They had that one good album, Throwing Copper. Yeah. Good band. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed them. The Bacenta falls to the floor. It's very. <laughs> God, so 90s. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's pretty much it for the. Um, the football. For the football. You've also got baseball. Red Sox are not officially eliminated yet. They're very much hanging on by a thread, but it's not looking good for them. And also, believe it or not, this weekend, the Boston Bruins preseason schedule starts on Sunday, I believe. So NHL uh, preseason right around the corner. It's eminent. And if you know that's happening, then not too far behind that will be Celtics training camp. So Only 36 days until the season kicks off. There you go. Not that you're counting or anything like that. I mean... To be fair, like basketball never stops because it's like, all right, they ended, Celtics ended. So I just watched the finals. Like, all right, the finals are done. I guess I'm going to watch the MB- WNBA. Yeah, but we're still just over three months away from the season really getting like, going. All right, fuck you. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. And you know it. I love I love just needling you on that. Then, I love to. And then FIBA was there, and now it's still like the WNBA playoffs. I'm like, all right, let's just keep this train rolling until the NBA season kicks off, or at least preseason. I still don't understand why you don't love football. I don't dislike football. I like football. I'm just I am I am a casual fan. Okay. I, I think I have the level of fandom of football that most people have. That's fair. It's it's something that you're gonna put on on Sunday and you're gonna enjoy it in the background. And if it's not a good game, no, you'll I'm not even gonna enjoy it in the background. I'm gonna sit my ass down and I'm gonna watch. All right. I like that. I'm I respect that. But I am not someone who is checking in every day about what's happening around the league. But what a wild game is football when you really think about it. I am. I am a I am an average casual fan of football. Also, in the world of college football, probably one of the biggest regular season games in a while when it comes to like a football pop culture standpoint. Uh, you've got Colorado. I didn't see the latest top twenty-five. Uh, say that again. What Colorado? Colorado. Uh, yeah, Colorado and <laughs> USC Big Pac-12 game uh, coming up. It'll be a real test to see what uh, what Deion Sanders and his Colorado Buffaloes can do. They're two and zero after having a one-win season last year. And they're ranked in the top 25. You want to find out if you can really hang with the big dogs. You're going to find out this week. Yes, the big dogs. Yes. All right, we done with this? Uh, Yeah, I believe we're done with that. All right, so time to end Jared's talking to go into Jared talking with his... Ah, fuck. Got to do a soak again. I keep forgetting about it. You're trying two to, weeks in a row. You're trying to get by it. You're trying to glance by no, it. No, to be fair, I got, I got positive things to say this week. Me too, actually. All right, so we're going to move on from there to Screaming It Streaming with Ahsoka. Episode five? Probably. Yes, episode fifth. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope, we're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. I liked this one. Yes, me too. Finally, things happened. Well, here's what this episode does, which it hit it in kind of like three quadrants for me that all worked. Three quadrants. There's four quad. There's quadrant means four quad. So it only seventy five percent of the quadrants. Great. I don't know what the fourth one is. Okay. Unrealistic expectations. I guess it didn't hit that one. All right. Fair enough. We have character development for Ahsoka mm. in a big way. It also moves the story forward, and we get a heaping handful of fan service. But it's not just there to be like, hey, remember this. 
So those three things I thought were key to making this an actually very good episode. They tie some things together really nicely. I think it it was, first of all, some of the callbacks and some of the, it, there was a good amount of fan service. <clears throat> I think this is some of the best Anakin Skywalker we've really ever had. I love that they're actually kind of allowing Hayden to explore this character a little bit, especially it's, I'm, I don't know if it's He's a, still kind of a douchebag. You look old. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, is Anakin anything but a douchebag when you really think about the things that he did? I guess he is a child murderer. Yeah. Well, okay. And, you know. And uh, helped bring the rise to an empire. That... He's a ruthless, bloodthirsty dictator. Yeah. Yeah. But he's doing it for love. <laughs> I love how they, the different little bits of it. I love that exchange. I won't fight you. I've heard that before. Okay, so I saw this going around on the internet, like, is this really Anakin Skywalker? And that is the line that makes me say, yes, this is absolutely Anakin's forest ghost. Because he mm. is referencing a line that Ahsoka would have no context for ever hearing. Oh, yeah. She's never heard that brought up before. No, and she wouldn't know about and that. And he's bringing, yeah, so with him bringing up a line to her that is totally out of context for her, but we as an audience know that he's engaged with, yes, this is 100% absolutely Anakin's force ghost. What I thought was interesting about this is somebody looked at it from an, a status of, even as a force ghost, he's still conflicted with his role within the force. And this is also a way that Ahsoka is helping him gain some closure as well. Yeah. I, I just, I enjoyed him in that. I thought he did a really good job. It was interesting to see the different versions of Anakin. Like, we got a little Darth Vader Anakin outside the suit. Yeah, which is um, fun, because, I mean, that was relatively limited, which is fun yeah. to see. It's like, you also have to imagine that that's also when he was at his strongest. Oh, 100%. Because he wasn't tied down by robot shit. Yeah. By tied down, you mean, you know, 90% of his body. Yeah, burned his legs off, burned his arms off. Well, no, I mean, it's just stumps. Obi-Wan cut his arms and legs off. He just you know, cauterized his stumps, scorched his lungs, living in perpetual agony. Probably fried his wiener off. Oh, yeah, definitely. He wasn't getting any space space tang. Okay, let's it kind stop. Of splits. We can stop this line scorched of conversation. Splits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. You opened that door up. I walked right through it. All right, it's my own fault. Yeah, it is. Blame yourself. You have no idea to blame but yourself. I like very much that we get Anakin. This was, I mean, I thought we were going to get this in the Obi-Wan show. We didn't. We got the flashbacks or whatever force shit of him wearing <laughs> force shit, wearing his Clone Wars costume in real in live action, which is very cool. And they threw a wig on him that matches up. Mm -hmm. I mean, he runs like a Muppet. I don't know why he ran so weird. Also, his, his Clone Wars armor is very, the shoulder pieces are kind of like discount Vader shoulder pieces when you really look at it. There is yeah, a little I mean, Vader foreshadowing in that armor. Yeah, I mean, in Obi-Wan, I was wearing like kind of like Stormtrooper-esque yeah. stuff early in that show. But it was it was cool to see that in live action. Um, the only part that I was like a little put off by where she's like, hey, you turned into a big murderer. And he's like, is that what this is about? I'm like, yeah. Well, yes. Dude, you did some shit. How is this not what this <laughs> is about? You have done some bad things. When you're here to say you're completing her training, well... When you completed your training, you killed kids. <laughs> yeah. You murdered a bunch of Jedi. I'm a lord now. I don't need to be a master. Mm. Uh, I like... <laughs> Runs like a Muppet is literally yeah. Interested to see what, what Jason's role in all this. Clearly, he's Force-sensitive. Yeah. Fly lower. My hair is green, I think. I'm looking yeah. at it all the time. I'm like, 
They dyed that black hair green, right? Yeah, they they did. There's a green hue to it. And we get space whales that can travel faster than the speed of light. Yeah, I guess that's from Rebels, but also uh. I'm like, space whales, is this Star Trek 4? Hello, computer. <laughs> Double dumbass on you. <laughs> space whales, I've seen this. Yeah, but there's space whales that can travel faster than light, and they're going to go to a distant galaxy. I like that. Um, I, I can't remember his name. He's also a director, which makes me feel doubly bad. That oh, X-Wing captain. Who, double dumbass on you. Oh, I love that character. Uh, he's a director. He's directed episodes of The Mandalorian. Yeah. And that's like he started out doing like, oh, I'm just cameoing in this because a bunch of directors are going to cameo as mm. X-Wing pilots. But I, I like that they're just like, yeah, there's a bunch of super powered shit. The guy's just like, yeah, whatever. Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with this. You wouldn't, I, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. I already fly a spaceship. That's weird enough. And now you're throwing in like, oh, this kid has powers. Like, yeah, okay. How is Ahsoka Great. standing on the ship flying through the atmosphere and not like... The force. Okay. <laughs> the hand waving of the force as it would be. When Lucy Lawless was on the Simpsons Halloween special and like they have all these nerds at a comic convention asking her questions, she just goes, wizard did it. I like it. That's how we got here. Wizard did it. Wizard did it. Xena, warrior princess wizard did it yeah but yeah this was um i'm still feeling a little lost with like the character interactions and their history and everything but this was the first one where i kind of like really bought into the show did you notice something different about ahsoka after her uh she was wearing white which i mean in star wars um clothing i mean it's not just star wars it's a bunch of shows it's a bunch of shit that people have seen but like wardrobe mm-hmm. is very much represented in like where they are in like terms of light or good and after this like she went from wearing gray like all that guilt of like the anakin stuff into just wearing white mm-hmm. um the showrunner i can't remember his name specifically is a huge lord of the rings fan and Filoni. people are dave Filoni. yeah dave Filoni. they were drawing um lord of the rings comparisons like gandalf came yeah. back as gandalf the white now we have ahsoka the white yeah that how long so were you good. out one revolution <laughs> yeah that annoys me. Just say a day. It's fine. You can yes. just say a day. Yes. All right. You ready? You ready to talk about your 25 favorite movies? I am movies? ready to talk about my 25 favorite movies. All right, get, pull your phone out. All right. Can't do it. You told me to. <laughs> no one's going to get my Three Stooges reference noise. Nope. All, right. All right. We're going to move on from there to whatever uh, theme I'm going to play before this. For Jared's top 25 favorite movies. I'm the best there is at what I do. But what I do best... Isn't very nice. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review. All right. Are we ready? 25. All right. Time for a recap of 26 through 50. Uh, I'm I, I kidding. Guess now we can. What are the rules here? Uh, at least lay down the rules. All right. Well, the rules are uh, I tried to, one, have a little bit of differentiation from some of the ones that you had. I ended up having 30 different movies than you had on your top 50 list. I tried really hard to limit the number from the same genre. Uh, and I also, uh, I think I did a good job of not having any double ups from the same franchise. Other than that, it was it's my list and they're movies that I enjoy. All right. Here we go. Number 25 on the list. You called it last week, in fact. Major League. Major League. Major League. It's a fun movie. It's a fun sports movie. Like Major League. And there's like, that's where I struggle. Like, there are some other good, fun sports movies that I love, like Tin Cup. Uh, and uh, Bull Durham, but there's just something Angels about, in the Outfield. Uh, not, not so much Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> Rookie of the Year was fun, though. A uh, little giant, but I mean, Major League is just such a quotable movie, and there's so many like you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball, or you know, don't drink Joe Boo's rum. It just it's it's a fun movie. It works, and I think what works about it too is 
the you know they're crossover cast members that just finished up Platoon, Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen, and they were doing something like lighthearted and fun after that. But just um, no, I like the movie Major League a lot. Platoon's great. Watch Platoon. Only I I've only don't watch it a lot. It's like a real occasion. Like I just feel like getting real down on myself. I'm gonna watch Platoon. <laughs> there you go. Ugh. Uh, number twenty four, Jurassic Park. Uh, just something about that movie. Just great childhood memories. Thinking about... I hear you read that book. I did read the book well after I had watched the movie. It was the first time I had watched a movie and there was were like... the first time I read a book? That's not true. The, Pretty there, close. There are certain things that like when it happens in a movie, you think about it a lot. The tremors, the, um, the impact tremors, the rippling of the water. Yeah. I mean, that kind of sticks with you a little bit. Just... It, it's a fun movie that holds up, and it, like as I get older, I think I appreciate it more, mostly because the rest of the Jurassic Park movies are not as good. It also helps that like it just it doesn't really age. No, it doesn't. Again, like I said, when you mentioned Jurassic Park, the CG in that just it it still works, it, and how they did it and how they made it all happen just unbelievable mix of both practical and um, virtual effects. And the score. Speaking of speaking of movies with epic scores, I thought long and hard about this, and you actually kind of swayed me back to it being the best of the three. You swayed. Uh, yes, uh, number twenty-three, Fellowship of the Ring. I think it's just such an incredible job of world building and and like laying the foundation and the groundwork for someone who, if if you had never read Lord of the Rings, I would think it would you find it very accessible. You don't need, you know, you don't need to have read the books to enjoy it. And if you're curious as to why things are happening, Wizard did it. <laughs> All right, so Fellowship of the Ring number 23, but it was very close between that and um, Return of the King. Although I really like Two Towers, but I would say... They're all good. They're all they're all very good. Uh, number 22, uh, another kind of epic, uh, epic conglomerate of a movie. Um, I was torn because you had chosen this. I almost went Captain America Civil War, but Endgame, Avengers Endgame is number 22. I love how it just kind of puts a whole bow on everything, and you can kind of... It, it's a movie that should collapse under his own weight, and it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, no one, nothing else has happened like it. I mean, there have been finales, there have been long-running series, but yeah, th- it's it's still a unique experience, no question. Yeah. Uh, number 21, Forrest Gump. Okay. It's a... I remember watching it in the movie theater when I was young. I remember it was one of the first times I, I was moved to cry in a movie theater. And I was young, exceptionally young, when it, like I was 10, I think, when the movie came out. But the ending was, it was the first adultish movie I can remember at 10 seeing in the theater. And just, I don't know, it, there was something about it that moved me then. And I still enjoy watching it now. In fact, I referenced it quite often over the weekend with the hurricane. I tweeted, to, I texted to a friend, you call this a storm? Did you ever go to a Bubba uh, Gump Shrimp Co? Never been to a Bubba Gump Shrimp yeah, Company. They look real touristy, so I've never been to one. Yeah. It's just, this is like in the middle of Tom Hanks having an incredible run of movies, too. He won Best Actor the year before for Philadelphia, follows it up with Best Actor for Forrest Gump. Like, it was a to- it was the period of time to be Tom Hanks. And also a very good example, I mean, we just talked about Jurassic Park, a very good example of a very convincing CGI. Incredibly convincing CGI. Uh, just, um, no, a really good movie. Gary Sinise is fantastic in it as Lieutenant Dan. I laugh my ass off at the end whenever I watch this movie. I can't help it. Where he just bulldozes the house. It's it's a very serious moment. And just that, oh, yeah. and that cutaway of the house getting bulldozed. The, I laugh every time. The use of cuts in that movie to um 
A very serious moment. Oh, yeah. Very serious moment. And he bulldozes that. I mean, he's talking to his dead <laughs> wife, and they just go to a bulldozed house. Jenny. Also, Jenny is a horrible person, but that's a different discussion yeah, for a different day. Number 20. Uh, I mean, you may have heard about uh, some famous actors of the old time all uh, maybe having a run at this. Ben Hur, number 20. Yep. Uh, just this one was, again, it was between Ben Hur or Ten Commandments. And I feel like Ben Hur has. That's a way more impressive movie. Oh, a much more impressive movie, which it came after Ten Commandments. And it was kind of at a time where Charlton Heston was like, I really don't want to do the um, sword and sandal thing and be like typecasting it. Also, he, um, his mother, Yvonne Carla, the woman who played his mother in um, in Ten Commandments, also plays his mother in Ben-Hur, Yvonne Carlo. So there you go. The, the two big pieces in this movie that are just phenomenal visually and i think they still hang they, like, for, how are people not dead yeah that's true but that's the, how what happens when you watch some of the big sequences in this movie but the two the two major action set pieces in this movie i think still hold up as some of the best action sequences you've got the naval battle with the galley slaves and then you also have the chariot race how that guy who goes under the hooves doesn't die is a miracle oh it's incredible. Like, was that like you got like a one in eighty chance to make it out of that? And that guy's like, oh, shoot. Well, oh, no one trampled me. No, or the the um, it was the stunt director's son who was do who did the stunt where the chariot jumps over the other chariot and he flips over the front. That was an actual thing that it was not. That also no, wasn't a wild sequence. Yeah, in this movie, no that question. also wasn't scripted to go that way. But no, Ben Hur, number twenty, uh, number nineteen, Dark Knight. I think right. that's a. It's a really. I think it for my money one of the best comic book movies just the the whole two two plus hours Christopher Nolan just is conjuring up this constant state of anticipation the score behind it you're just you're on the edge of your seat you're anxious the whole time you just it was fantastic the movie just relies too much on coincidence for me to like and you could say the Joker's lying about like, oh, I'm just, you know, a dog chasing a car. But there's just too much in there that's like everything has to go a very, very specific way. Oh, yeah. For it to work out. It's like it's one of those movies where it's like, oh, this oh, this is great. Like, you know, it's interesting directing, good themes, good a- acting. But then when you start to think about the story details, you're like, OK. Yeah. All right. Number 18, Empire Strikes Back. I think it's the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, why not? I mean, there's not. What else do you say other than what we've already said? Who doesn't love sister kissing? Uh, most people. <laughs> uh, number seventeen, Goodwill Hunting. All right. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's. I love the story. I think this is one of Robin might be Robin Williams's best performance. Obviously, he won the Oscar for best supporting actor in it. I mean, solid beard. Solid beard in it. Uh, just the. I love the the stories that have come out through the years about. This movie about how, like, well, you need to kind of cut down on the F word. Well, what do you mean? It's in there like 270 times. But it's like, you know, hear Matt Damon and Ben Affleck talk about it, Like, they use, I mean, New England, it's a New England thing. You use fuck as a placeholder. It's just there to help you kind of flush out your thoughts on what you're talking about. But, I mean, Robin Williams really makes the movie. And Stellan Skarsgård is also really, really yeah. good. No, there's good performances all around. I. I love when Chucky goes on those like fake job interviews. Oh, those are hilarious. That's uh, how do you like them apples? Uh, just everything about it. Uh, the ending is a perfect ending. You know, Son of a bitch stole my line, which yeah. was ad libbed. Yeah, great line. Great line. Uh, number sixteen. This is where I. This is where I muddy the waters a little bit with the rules because the cut exists. Godfather one and two. I, I look at them as one movie. Sure. Just I don't. know. I feel like Godfather two in some ways might. 
it's a lot different movie than Godfather 1, but it kind of is the whole complete arc. You can do it without Godfather 3, but you see kind of the whole the whole growth and change of Michael Corleone over those two movies. And, and really, I think it's a... I love in Godfather 2 the back and forth, the different pieces with um, everything that Robert De Niro did with being a young Vito Corleone and how it tied into what Michael was doing in the present day. So you're really just like watching Spike TV and they're like, we're going to show it to you in chronological order. Spike TV, there's a callback. Speaking of callback, number 15, Back to the Future. Mm. Just a fun movie that just is a complete... A couple of Robert Zemeckis movies here in the top 25. I guess I'm a big Bob Zemeckis fan. Didn't realize it. I didn't really like his stuff. You do or don't? I do. You do? Um, I have... Maybe When I was... uh, The year 2000, however old I was. I guess 12. Mm -hmm. He did a movie, What Lies Beneath. Yes. Yeah, uh, Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, and there's a ghost in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the assignment was, but like I think it must have been, what grade are you in when you're 12? Fifth grade? Does that sound right? That sounds about right, yeah. And they're like, make some kind of like diorama, and we're going to like fry it in clay. So I made this whole like diorama of um, a dead ghost in a bathtub and Harrison Ford cracking a skull on a sink, and there's just blood everywhere. I'm like, here's my diorama. Next thing you knew, you were in the counselor's office. <laughs> I have a photo of it, I think, somewhere yep. on my phone. <laughs> Do you have yes. the picture? Oh. Do you just have that saved? Do we get to see the satanic diorama? I don't know. I don't know where to find it. But the I love the premise of Back to the Future. Like, what if you went to high school with your parents and... Your mom wanted to fuck you. Well, I don't like that part of the premise, but... Calvin Klein. Oh, I can see why this would be disturbing to people. Can you send that to me? Well, they're no, dead. She's a, she's a dead zombie. I don't know if I have that photo. Can you uh, send that to me? You should tweet that out with the show this week when it gets mentioned. Uh, number 14, Rocky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've talked about that movie ad nauseum on this show. Just everything about that original Rocky works. Yeah, there's things like my secret guilty pleasure is Rocky 4. You guys love Rocky 4. I do love Rocky 4 because it's mostly montage. It gives me the greatest hits of Rocky 1 through 3. <laughs> and earlier in the movie. Yeah. Like, I just watched that scene. Oh, yes. there's a montage of it. It's also probably, I think, Rocky 4's soundtrack. Very 80s. Uh, yeah, so much Survivor in there. Much 80s, very wow. Well, we're not talking about Rocky 4. We're talking about Rocky 1. Yeah, Rocky 1. I just, the story, I love also how, like, just the whole, the story behind the story, Stallone bets on himself and refuses to have it be anyone but him being Rocky. It just, it works. Number 13, Dogma. Kevin okay. Smith movie. Uh, this movie, I just, I don't know. You I, hate Catholicism. I don't hate Catholicism, but I love, it's an interesting Essay on belief structure. You I think. love blessing your putter. I mean, my putter is cursed. I wish my putter were blessed. And it was a driver, not no, a putter. I, I was mixing it up. I, yes, it, you like were. it was out of my mouth. I was hoping you were going to let it go. You didn't. Yeah, Jason Lee, you fun say, in this movie. I let shit you say go all the time. That's a good point. I, You know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I won't cardinal glick you on this. <laughs> but I love, I love the thought process behind it. And it is kind of an essay on belief structure. I love... The scene where Rufus is like, it's an you know, it's about having an idea. It's not about you know. And I like playing skee ball on the Jersey Shore. Who doesn't love that? Alan Rickman also so good, amazing in this, in this movie. Great. Again, it's just a in the DVD in the liner notes. Kevin Smith talks about you know, yes, I'm telling a story about religion and faith using piss and fart jokes, but it works. It, it just a, for me, it works. I don't remember where it, this is like the last couple of months, like the. Like the Golgotha came up, I was like, and I was like, oh yeah, I know what that is. And, it's a shit demon. And Emily was like, how do you possibly know what that is? I'm like, dogma. She's like, oh, of course. Yes, 
Muse. Love Muse. Uh, number 12, Princess Bride. Okay. It just it is in hard a lot of... Hard to argue with that movie. You what? Hard to argue with that movie. It is hard to argue with that movie. It's just uh, Rob Reiner. Love Rob Reiner as well. It's just a great... I'm trying to think the right way to describe it. It's not just like there's enough fantasy satire in there and tropes into it, but this it is one works of those, and it's perfect. It Very rarely is this an applicable term but this is a definite all ages movie oh 100 percent. that that's a that is a hard line to walk usually when people say all ages they usually just mean it's a kid's movie princess bride in every sense of the term is an all ages movie everyone can watch that movie and enjoy it. it's just good yeah it has the right balance of both jokes for young and old i all the time when people leave my classroom for something like have fun storming the castle just little pieces like that you witch he's only mostly dead uh yeah no more rhyming i really mean it okay we're done uh princess bride number 12 number 11 good morning vietnam okay uh growing up again i love robin williams we got some robin williams there's some robin williams in the the top i mean he's one of my favorite actors of all time too and kind of doing him in kind of serious it's a great balance of both funny and serious uh, the radio bits in it You're and the stick are awesome. Vietnam wasn't always hilarious. No, no. Go watch Platoon. Uh, no, it was. And then followed up with Apocalypse Now. And if you're really in the mood for it, Full Metal Jacket. Also, Full Metal Jacket was uh, on the short list of possibly making the list. Or did I already say Full Metal Jacket? I don't think you did. No, but it was it was one of those ones that was like, it was close. But no, Good Morning Vietnam. Also, some other I'm great performances. Skull, fuck you. <laughs> hmm, interesting. I haven't heard that term before. I mean, that was all ad lib. Good at it. No question. Yeah. I mean, also, sim- it's not the first time he had played a drill sergeant. He also, I think it was The Boys of Company C. It was another we're, Vietnam movie that he played not, a drill sergeant. This isn't on the list. We're not talking about this. That's true. We're not. Good Morning Vietnam. I mean, also, just, again, quotable movie if you've watched it, and it, it just works. It's It was a different, it was an interesting way to, like, kind of see Vietnam through somebody else's, like, a different version of a war movie with soldiers in it that they're not out on the front lines fighting uh number 10 shawshank redemption all right what else to say about that uh we can also go number nine first contact those two we can kind of lump together those are both in your top 10 area as well i just i think first contact is it would have been also a great way to wrap up that series i mean we still got two more movies one sucked one was serviceable after that but i don't know it was that was the first time I really. It was a Star Trek movie that I got hyped for. I was excited for. Not that it wasn't for generations, but this one. Turns was out like, you just got to keep bringing the Borg back, and that's going to make the story yeah. good. Apparently, that's yes. what we've learned. Number seven, Ghostbusters. Do 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 do. Just I've been in the private sector. They expect results. <laughs> yes. Uh, number six, A Few Good Men. Okay. Another Rob Reiner movie. The um, Thomas Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. I mean, there's some. Unbelievable. Tom Cruise, Jimmy Moore, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, Kevin Bacon in that movie. Just such great writing by Aaron Sorkin for that movie. And it, it's a different style of courtroom drama. It's like it has enough of him. Like I, Whenever I watch that movie, I'm like, what if Maverick were a lawyer? That's pretty much what it ends up being for me. But I really love the movie A Few Good Men. It's just the flow, the story in it, the acting, the court, the drama of the courtroom scene, especially the scene between Nicholson and Cruise at the end. So good. You can't handle the truth. Yes, yes, yes. The whole scene. Everyone knows that scene. Number five. This is going to uh, this is going to surprise you a little bit. This is Spinal Tap. No, it's not. This is Spinal Tap, but well, that would surprise is, you. So uh, Spider Man Two. Yeah, no, I assume that. 
I kind of Spider Man yeah, one for I, the I long time. How much but, I like that movie, but yeah, I know, I know that. I think it's just a. I think it's the strongest of the three Tobey Maguire ones. You've got great villain, great story, great soundtrack that accompanied with it. Butterfingers. The, the right amount of oh jeez, the right amount of teen angst in between, like in some of that. But we really get to see like conflicted Peter Parker, and I think that movie also landed at a time like. For me, that I was like, I think I was a senior in high school. It's 2002 is when it came out. I just, I don't know. There was something about... No, it was 2004. 2004? Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, the first one came out 2002. 2004, so I was a freshman in college, end of my freshman year of college. I don't know. It just, it worked for me. It really, it resonated for me. Love that movie. Spider-Man 2 is in my top 10. In fact, it's number five. Number four, Remember the Titans. Yeah. Just a again it's it's my it's a great mix of for football. me history and sports. I love football. I love history. It's based on a real story with TC Williams. It just I don't know. There's a lot of core memories I have that are tied to that movie. I think it is one of the best football movies ever made. I know people are like, "Oh, what about Rudy?" Yeah, Rudy's great also based on a true story, but Rudy, Rudy. Yes. You're the animal now. <laughs> yeah, John Favreau. Oh, Favs. He was in Rudy. I I just again Acting, storytelling, Denzel Washington, really, really good in it. Yeah, a hard guy to argue with, actually. Oh, wait, did I skip over number eight? I don't know. I did. What the hell is number eight? Training Day. Oh, Training Day. Yeah. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I skipped over. I was like, there's some Denzel Washington at the top. Yeah, number eight. Sorry, going back to number eight. Training Day. What a great movie that is. It just, it's when the, it never gets old to watch and the different things you pick up on each time that you watch it. And like, yeah, Alonzo's for a while in that movie you know he's bad but there's kind of this badassness to him he's kind of an anti-hero and you kind of like you believe his convictions and you see how the job that he has has changed him and yeah no training day love the movie training day good movie it's a great movie number three this is one that's gonna probably shock you that it's on my list and it's this high almost famous i like almost famous it's like i love that it's just it's fun I think the acting in it is great. The writing in it is great. There's some just unbelievable lines. One of my favorite lines from the movie is, the only real currency in this bankrupt world is what we share with somebody when we're not cool. Yeah, I think, um, I really like the movie when it slows down and they're on the bus and they're just singing Elton John. Mm, after yeah, That's a great scene. After the night he's at the party, I am a golden god. Yes. <laughs> and more Jason Lee. And more Jason Lee. I just, I don't know. I've always kind of liked that classic, I've always liked classic rock, 70s rock. And the kind of behind the scenes, and Kate Hudson is phenomenal in this. Some of the music, uh, obviously Cameron Crowe's wife, Nancy Wilson, who's in Heart. Some of the guitar stuff she's done in that. Just, I don't know. That movie for me hits. Again, doesn't get old. Love the scenes in it. Love the just everything about it. Also, it's like these are teenagers and they're doing crazy shit. I was at a bar once um, with Kate Hudson, not with her, yeah. but it, that's kind of the point of the story. It, the, this was down in New Orleans, and there's this band playing. It's kind of this cramped little space, and I was with a group of, I don't know, like five to ten people. Ten is probably too high. Mm. And someone said to me, look, that's Kate Hudson. And I went, huh. And one of like her people came over and just started like yelling in my face, like, you do not talk to her. You don't say anything to her. If you do anything, approach her. She will leave. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> What is happening? Well, I mean, she's the daughter of Hollywood royalty as well. <laughs> but someone, po- literally, I didn't do anything. It was like someone pointed and I went, huh, or maybe at the most I said, oh, that's neat. 
Yeah. And then one of her people came up to me and just started screaming you in mean, my face. I was you like, mean Penny Lane? Did Kurt Russell not come out from behind and be like, leave my kid alone? So it's like Goldie Hawn rappelled down the side of the building. It was a very weird experience. I was just like, what? What is that? Like, I, I have not made any attempt to talk to Kate Hudson. Also, I was like 22 at the time. What the fuck am I going to be doing talking to Kate Hudson? No, I was just like, oh, that's neat. No, they got yelled at for looking in her direction. I'm gonna have. I'm not blaming her. I'm blaming whoever this weird fucking woman was with her. I'm gonna have my people come after your people next time you look at or don't talk to me. Like, well, to be fair, if someone said there's Jared, I wouldn't go. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, you'd be like, oh fuck, it's him. <laughs> like I need to pull the brim down on my. Head you'd be so like, no, you tell my, me. you tell him to not even look at me. You, just, you can't acknowledge me. It's a very strange experience. But it it works. The length of the movie is right. I think the pacing, how it ebbs and flows, is really good. I just I enjoy that movie a shit ton. Uh, number two. Probably one of the most realistic space movies ever made, Apollo 13. Okay. I don't know. There's something about it. It's probably, in a, the more I think about it, it might be a little too high on this list, but I just- Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. I love it. The Even, you know, the ending and you know how things work out, just the, you know, some of the composite characters. I think the movie really is a lot of fun if you listen, again, this is, uh, you know, the nerd them in me, listening to the commentary track with Jim and Marilyn Lovell, who, you know, lived it. Very interesting. The That's Ron Howard, right? That's Ron Howard. The things that they did, I think it was also kind of revolutionary for a space movie in which they actually shoot scenes in zero gravity. They got a KC-135 that they use, NASA uses for training. They did some, you know, pre-work on the, on the movie by like, so the actors could feel weightlessness and how they could try and mimic it. And they're like, have you ever put a movie set inside the plane? And they recreated some of the movie set inside the plane. So some of the, most of the time when you see them floating with like when they're flo- like floating out a tunnel or moving without any you know it looks like they're in zero gravity that is because they are actually in zero gravity so some of the the effects of it the realisticness like they're not just flipping switches and saying that they're using actual uh dialogue from the uh the transcripts from the air to ground all of that just I don't know. It's such a great realistic movie. You feel like it's actually like they filmed it as this was happening. So great piece of history. And then my number one favorite movie. This was I, this is the easy one to put down as my favorite movie of all time. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I just really that's not. I mean, it was in my <clears throat> top five. I think. Yeah. No. Okay. It's, okay. No. It's I'm my favorite. Indiana Jones was my favorite superhero, and I know he's not a superhero, but I always looked at Indiana Jones as like superhero, like just this larger than life character. You know, Tom I Tom Selleck. I wanted to. Yeah. You imagine if he had a mustache, but I always wanted to like. I didn't want to be an archaeologist, but I wanted to have a fedora. I wanted to have a leather Please jacket like, when I was younger. Just it's a fun, fun movie. It has all of the right pieces to being. It has everything I love. It has action. It has comedy. It has a little bit of drama. Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right, favorite movie. There we go. This time around, who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right, so we are done with that. We're going to move on from there. <laughs> To letters to the editors. Lot of questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can. You can do that. It's not that hard. You write them into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com and mm. we'll answer them. Right here, right here on this old program. This old house? Old Dark House. I consider that one for a uh, minute, but didn't Well this um, old this old house was a public television programming. Uh question of the week. Yes. <laughs> Paraphrase as they usually are. If you were in the Ninja Turtles universe and you were splashed with the ooze, what would you? What animal would you mutate into? What's unpopular? 
I feel like I know what mine would be, but it would just be to be an asshole. What would you be? A koala. <laughs> just a lazy ass koala. No, no. Because they look cute and cuddly, but what they do is they drop out of trees that just attack you from above. Yeah. So I just go, koala attack! It's, yeah. And they scratch you in the head. And they also have a bunch of chlamydia, so I'd probably have chlamydia. And well, I mean, you already do. So <laughs> try and give that to you with my you try to <laughs> my koala attack from above. I attack be, from above. I wouldn't be the first person you gave chlamydia to. <laughs> hey, you big into eucalyptus? Is that what you're saying? I just want. Are you a marsupial? I just want to scare people from above with my koala attacks. Like I'm just chilling there from a tree, then I see someone below me. Boom! Sky attack. I don't know. Part of me feels like I would mutate into a cat. I'd rather be like a dog. I think a dog would be fun because I could lick myself. You can do that as a cat too. That's a good point. What else would I want to mutate into? Wow. I I, I don't know how I... Attack from above. (laughs) Attack from above. Yeah, I think it'd probably be like some four-legged thing, like a dog or a cat. I know it's kind of a lame answer, but... You just want to be domesticated? Yeah, I know. I just want to be... real cuck. Real subservient. I can't win with you ever. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, maybe I can eat like a condor or something. Okay, so now you're like, you know what? No, I need to be regal now. Yeah, a griffin. <laughs> I would be a griffin. At least I would mine be, makes sense. I'd be, I I'd be half lion, half horse. I just want to be kind of a prick of a bear. How about a centaur, like cocaine bear? Sure. You're. How about a deer? I'd be a deer. I'd just gracefully run until Bambi's mom hunter shot me. There you go. No, I don't want to be that either. I'm gonna stick with a dog. Fuck it. I don't know why you're looking around this room. I'm like, trying to see what other animals there are. There like, really aren't. There's like <laughs> Godzilla. Yeah, I guess I'd be a Godzilla. No, you can't. You can't mutate into a Godzilla, could you? I don't know, a big lizard. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. I do have scaly skin. Great, so you can be a big lizard. I'd be like a big chameleon. I would just blend in with things. Like, mm. A Komodo dragon. Oh, that'd be pretty badass. A dragon that doesn't breathe fire. Meanwhile, I'm just in a tree with my chlamydia dropping down and attacking your face i would be a dolphin and then i would make weird sex noises that cause aaron Rodgers to not heal properly <laughs> there you go okay great all right we're done we're bringing this rickety ride in for hey we're only close. like i think one week away from spooky season we're getting close it's it's around the corner all right so there is one last bit of news that i forgot to bring up oh okay because there's an extra podcast Oh, is there Pod to the Dark Tower episode four? No, that ain't happening. Uh, well, I mean, well. Buffy back issue bin. Oh, there's another Buffy back it's issue bin? Back. Baby. Uh, because Buffy is continuing, kind of. There's going to be an audio drama with a bunch of returning cast members. If you want to get my reactions to that and my partner in that program, well, that is over on the old feed. The podcast feed is back, baby. And then we're going to... Um, when it comes out next month, I'll eight or nine hours of it we got to listen to it first there'll there'll be early access out on patreon so sign up for the patreon again because buffy back issue bin has returned temporarily all right there you go so that leads into uh the end of the show we all done yeah that was mine all right well i I should have brought it up earlier i forgot probably should have but we'll we'll hit it again right now if you enjoyed the show go to patreon.com slash editors note comics a dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it plus Access to things behind the paywall, like the Buffy back issue bin returns for an episode. Hey, two, at least two, maybe two. more. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for more. Damn, there you go. So I guess Pod to the Dark Tower, which you can also access behind the paywall, getting a little bit of what we call the back burner. No, it's still there. Oh, but it's still there. But I mean, yeah, just like something's on the back burner, it's simmering. It's I'm not, aware of what a back burner it's is. It's not actively boiling, it's simmering. Simmering pot of back. Of just finish this up. All right, there you go. Patreon.com slash editors no comics, dollar a month. Do it. Support us, please. Also, interact with the show, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And 
You can also email us, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. You can also find us on some of the social medias. Zach is on Blue Sky now. Well, to be fair, I have, I've only put my name in there and have done nothing else. Well, to be fair, that's what your Instagram was for a while, too. <laughs> but you're on, you're on Twitter, or X, as people may call it. Just look up Editor's Note Comics. Yeah, do that on Blue Sky, too. I have uh, one follower. So far, it's just one comics pro. <laughs> All right. Well, it's more followers than I have on Blue Sky, because yeah, I'm not on Blue Sky. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm on week. Twitter, though. Thanks for helping. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, you're there. Yep, at Junior Rich. I'm tweeting away. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking the recently completed series, uh, Gotham City Year One, next week before we get into the spookiest time of the year. <laughs> Didn't love that. That's what. Um, that's a that's a ghoulish ghoul. But, yeah, come back. Uh, Gotham City Year One next year. Comic book time, kids. Bye-bye.